This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get it? The Burt Show. The one thing I've always taken a lot of pride on on The Burt Show is that we try to be as diverse as we can. Um, Mo gives us a different perspective. Uh, Romeo gave us an amazing perspective in the Latino community. Katie does. Katie does as well. Rebecca does. Jackson Kim, our new phone screener, is uh, Korean. And he was sharing with me, like, some of the same stuff that Romeo used to talk about with, like, um, first generation uh, versus, like, Latino American and, in your case, Korean American. And the different stresses... And the differences between both. Exactly, exactly. So obviously with a first generation, that's someone who's born and grows up in a foreign country and then immigrates over here. Second being um, born here, but then parents are elsewhere, right? And so um, when it comes to me, it's like weird for me because I kind of fall between that where my mom was born in Korea and moved here when she was seven, but my dad was born in the States. So does that make me like a 2.5 generation? Like, you know, where do I kind of fit in that? (laughs) Is there like a discrimination uh, that you can feel between Koreans if like your first generation or not? I th- well, first generations definitely like handle things differently. They're the ones that are obviously the most tied to the culture of like wherever they're from. And so when it comes to that, they're like more of like the hardcore ones. And then it kind of like becomes a little bit more like, like less aggressive mm. as, as the generations go on, if that makes sense. And that's kind of what I wanted to talk about is the fact that like, you know, even though I have this, you know, generational label, whatever, it doesn't really matter what you call it. The nomenclature doesn't really matter. It all depends on like how your parents want to instill the culture inside of you. And I feel like this is true for, um, you know, anyone who has immigrant parents or grandparents is that there's this constant push and pull between um, how much your parents want to instill the culture into you and how much they want you to like fully assimilate into wherever the new places that you moved from. Okay. So my mom, for example, um, she moved here when she was seven. So she kind of has the best of both worlds where she has like fluent English, fluent Korean, no accent. And um, when we were kids, we, she didn't really, Korean wasn't spoken in our house, things like that. Um, But we still held fast to some traditions and some things like that, right? Whereas her sister, on the other hand, held much more strongly to a lot of those traditions. Mm. And so like her kids were doing like traditional Korean dance classes when they were kids. And like one of my cousins who recently got married a few years ago had like a separate fully Korean traditional wedding. And so like there's a big, there's a gap. And so it's less about what you label them and it's more about like what the individual experience is. Interesting, man. Mm-hmm. And wh- how is it for you as far as your connection with your culture? It's been a roller coaster, honestly. Um, growing up, I definitely 
rejected it as much as I could because I just wanted to be like everyone else that mm. I was around, right? And so that came with like telling my mom, like, I don't want Korean food packed for lunch. I want to eat what all the mm. other kids are eating, that, mm. that kind of thing, right? And so growing up, you know, I definitely pushed back a lot. And um, she did want us to learn Korean. So we had like, we would go to Korean, we had a tutor that would come like on the weekends, on Sundays, and I hated it. And I would push back every single mm. time. And I really rejected it. It wasn't until I got a little bit older and matured a little bit where I started having a little bit more pride in myself and my culture. Um, but at that point, it felt like I had already wasted a lot of time like being so, I wouldn't say ashamed, but just like not fully embracing who I actually was. Mm -hmm. Why are you looking at me? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> I just find the different the differences in cultures just incredibly fascinating to me because in the Korean culture also um, is there a reluctance to move out of the house or is it stay here until you find somebody uh, that depends from my experience it there's it's it's the same like as long as you're like if you're, you're born and raised here it's get out of the house but it's a very picky selection process with who hmm. you're going to leave to um, moving in with someone before marriage is always up for debate in a conversation that I have yet to have with my parents, and I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, Do they but, want you to be with somebody who is of the same ethnicity? Yes mm -hmm. and no. <laughs> um, it was kind of pushed on me as like a kid. That's more of a thing that like my grandparents always would tell me. Like mm. They would always pull me aside and be like, you're going to find yourself a, such a nice young Korean girl and like always, always, always pushing that to me. And I'd always just kind of like laugh it off and be like, yeah, like maybe like we'll see, you know. Mm -hmm. And I want to know if that's actually played a role in like how I view, you know, people when I was like dating a lot and like picking up on attractions. Like, was that something that was kind of subconsciously in the back of my head? Like, was I rejecting people of my same race on purpose or, hmm. you know, things like that? Yeah. So it's it's been this weird battle for me for a long time. I bet. And, you know... The, the rough part is that it never quite feels like you're fully ingrained in either. It's like you've mm. got one foot in one side and one foot in the other, and, like, you don't really know where you fit. Like, it's kind of like no man's land. Literally. And, like, even when we went to Korea, uh, we, we did a trip to Korea, and, like, my mom was telling, like, they view Koreans that are not from Korea and don't speak any Korean not super highly. And mm. so, like, when my mom's going around and shopping and, like, bartering at these, like, outdoor markets, she's like, make sure you're not saying anything because then they're going to, like, you know, try to scam us, whatever, like, things like that. And, and then it's like, I'm, like, here in, like, what's supposed to be, like, my ho my homeland, and I feel like I can't even be myself here, you know? Uh. Well, I joked at the beginning, but this is one of the things that I really love about The Bird Show is that, um, you know, I think sometimes in mainstream radio, there are demographics, you know, and I've tried to explain this, um, that generally morning shows are put together to attract this audience or that audience. And we have really kind of always gone against that grain. So having you and your experience as part of this thing is, is I'm really, really proud of and I'm glad you're part of the show. I'm super happy to be here. And I want to say that like my experience is obviously unique to me. Yeah. Everyone else yeah. who's also Korean American has their own woes, their own ups and downs, their own push and pull. A lot of them feel more heavily weighted towards one side or the other. Some of them do feel like they're fully ingrained in both cultures. So it's, this is just me personally giving my take on it. Oh, yeah, smart this, of you to get that yeah. out the way. I was, <laughs> I was like, damn it, why did yeah, I say I that? I should have done that. I, I was going to ask, I mean, that's a really good 
good road to go down for yeah. just a second because Mo has been here, and it was a lot of stress for him initially, and I think you still kind of feel it now, but what kind of advice can you give him that it sounds like he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders when it comes to this kind of thing? I genuinely think you, you just nailed it because I know for me, I, I don't feel the pressure as much as I used to, but in the beginning, when I came into this position, I really didn't think about the fact that there were going to be so many black people who were going to look and expect me to actually nail every single black person's experience, and <laughs> whenever my opinion or my experience was a bit different than theirs. It was as if I had offended them in some way when I'm looking at it like I'm just giving you what I've personally experienced. So I think it's important to note exactly what you just said, that if you do get those messages from people saying, well, this is not that way or that's not this way or you let the culture down, it's really coming from a place of projection more than a place of accuracy. And I think you you nailed it with saying that because it it took me a while to figure that one out. (laughs) Gotcha. I'm expecting him to roll in, but, you know, (laughs) I've I've made my disclaimer, so hopefully I'm off the bat for that. Hopefully people realize individuality is not not being dismissive of the culture. It's just your own personal right. experience. Right, that's facts. It's good to have you here, my man. Yeah. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Get it. The Bird Show.